If you've been going around the good old internet looking for the right podcast to fulfill your New York Yankees needs, well, I'll be the first to deliver the good news to you. You have found it. Here on Yapping Yankees with me, your host, Mike Scudero, you and I will be discussing the latest news, takes, and talk throughout the entire Yankee universe. Oh, and there may be some ranting on my behalf. Yeah. Anyway, what do you say we get to it? Let's get to yapping! Hello there, my fellow Yankee fans, and welcome to episode 72 of the Yappin' Yankees podcast, where we yap about the Yanks and nothing but the Yanks. As always, I am your host, Mike Scudero, here on this Sunday, November 15th, 2020. Now, let's get started by giving our shout-out to Grunt Talks MLB and also Ball 9. Ball 9 brings you some of the best baseball content out there. Baseball stories, old and new, articles, roundtable discussions, suggested baseball podcasts like Yapping Yankees, and more. Visit Ball9's website, ball9.com, and follow them on all social medias at Ball9, and know what you don't know. And of course, our other shout-out goes to Grunt Talks MLB. Visit their website, grunttalksmlb.com, to see all of their baseball content and where they feature Yapping Yankees. And also follow the mastermind behind the website, Darren on Twitter, at YankeeReport28, and follow them on all social media, at GruntTalksMLB. Special thanks to Grunt Talks MLB and Ball9 for helping spread the word every week about Yapping Yankees. And also, don't forget, guys, that you can help spread the word about Yapping Yankees every week as well. And stay updated on everything having to do with both me and the Yankees by following me on all social medias. Follow my Facebook fan page, at Mike's. Scudero NY. Follow me on Twitter at Mike Scudero and on Instagram at Mike Scuds 97. And be sure to subscribe and listen to Yapping Yankees on YouTube, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Ah, Madon. <laughs> Episode 72. 72. Damn. <laughs> the weeks keep on coming and going, guys. And of all the weeks of the offseason, this past week was probably the quietest so far for the Yankees, if I had to say, with the exception of a couple of talking points, pretty much. So today may be one of the shorter episodes we've had in quite some time. But you know something? Just because an episode is on the shorter side doesn't mean it won't be a good time. That's far from what that means. We've still got things to discuss. We'll discuss what happened to a couple of Yankee minor league affiliates in the Staten Island Yankees and the Trenton Thunder, and our main man, the main topic of discussion from this past week in light of what he decided to do with his $18.9 million qualifying offer, and how the MVP vote ended up for the American League, our main man, DJ LeMayhew. He is what's mainly on the mind of most Yankee fans these days, and on today's episode, the topic of DJ LeMayhew will be front and center and will be the vast majority of today's episode. Also because this week's poll happens to be about him as well, since, again, he was really the main focus this past week. Well, that and the Yankees looking into 38-year-old Yadier Molina from the Cardinals, because the Yanks announced that they'll at the very least listen to offers and possibly consider Yadi as far as catchers. I saw this discussion a few times on social media throughout the week. I mean, Yadi has had some good years in the past, don't get me wrong, he's been a great catcher through the years. But 
between what he would cost in a time where the Yankees continue to seem pretty adamant about sticking to cutting their payroll, and with Yachty at 38 years old now too, going on 39 next July, and also not to mention that if you were to replace Gary in a trade somehow, I'd have to imagine Gary's value has never been lower than it probably is now after the season he just had, so I think I'll pass. <laughs> There's also been James McCann of the Tigers thrown out there. He's a pretty solid catcher, good hitter, 30 years old, but I'm not sure anything is actually going to happen in the Yankees catcher department. As I said many, many times in weeks past, I think this is going to be a quiet offseason, and I do think the Yankees will stick to Gary Sanchez. So my prediction of it mostly being a quiet offseason also includes the Yankees catcher department. I don't think anything's going to happen there. And I think Yachty would be good to have on the team as far as his hitting, even though he had a subpar offensive season last year, if I had to say. He's been a great defender behind the plate in the past, a solid hitter, and not to mention, obviously, he's been around the game for a while, so maybe he could help mentor the younger guys. But under the current circumstances, at this stage of his career, and what he would cost, and how much help the Yankees could seek in other areas, and the fact that they could use that money for other means, I just don't think signing Yadier Molina right now is the right move. And again, I really don't think anything is going to happen in the Yankees catcher department this offseason. But I could be wrong. Time will tell. And I digressed a little bit there, but the catcher topic was talked about this past week too for a bit, as I said before, so I wanted to at least mention it briefly now. But the main topic, again, was DJ, and we'll talk all about him, and also, again, what happened with the Staten Island Yankees and the AA Trenton Thunder later on in Yankees news. But first, as always, our poll for this week, which, as I said before, is about DJ. So let's get right into the poll, and then we'll end off on some Yankees news. This week's poll question is, are you still confident that DJ returns to the Yankees, or are you getting more nervous? And of course, to give me your thoughts in the comments for a chance at a shout-out here on the show. And obviously, we're starting on Twitter today, as we always do, and if you want to check out this poll for yourself, or check out the comments below, or both, you could obviously go check it out on my Twitter page. Be sure to go follow me there again, at Mike Scudero. So, As for my take on this one before we get to the poll results and replies, obviously from past weeks, if you've listened, you can hear that although I've begged the Yankees to bring him back, I am confident that DJ will be back as a Yankee. However, I do understand why some Yankee fans are nervous, or at least starting to get nervous, because again, throughout this entire offseason, as I've continued to repeat week in and week out, the Yankees seem pretty determined to stay underneath that $210 million threshold and cutting their payroll for next season. And the Yankees have other guys to address that hit free agency on their team. They have Masahiro Tanaka to address. They have James Paxton to address. And even though I really don't see him coming back, at least he better not. You have Jay Happ to address. And if they're also thinking of other ideas or other options outside of the organization, like certain reports have said, like they've said that they're showing some interest in Francisco Lindor, or even another report that came out that the Yankees have their eyes on Andrew Simmons, a stellar defenseman, and one of the four guys in the infield, as I said last week, assuming, of course, DJ is one of them if he's to resign, one of those guys would have to go to make room for one of those external options. And depending on how much DJ asks for, and depending on how many other options the Yankees are legitimately considering and how much they would cost, and their own guys who have hit free agency that they're also going to have to spend on to bring back, if they want to bring them back, of course. With all of those factors combined, it might have some people a bit nervous as to whether DJ will return to the Yankees or not. There are a lot of factors here. The Yankees are willing to cut payroll. If DJ asks for too much to their liking, which you know me, I've been a part of the give him a blank check fan club. (laughs) 
But if he asks for too much, according to the Yankees' needs and wants to cut payroll and all the other nonsense they're talking about, I mean, who knows? They could very well be crazy enough to let him slip by. But I, for one, happen to think that they would be too insane to let that happen, and I am confident that they will bring him back. In that same breath, though, I do absolutely hate seeing all of those online articles about writers writing up where DJ could possibly go, somewhere in the AL East like the Blue Jays or the Red Sox. Some people have mentioned the Astros just to ruffle a few feathers, and I hate reading that stuff. It just gets me anxious, despite the fact that I am confident that DJ will return. But yes, in my opinion, DJ will be back, and I am confident that the Yankees will bring him back and sign him to maybe three years, 75 million, or something along those lines. Because there have been many reports out that they expect the Yankees, if they are to bring him back, to sign him something around three or four years, north of 70 to 80 million, or something along those lines. And DJ himself has spoken time and time again about how the Yankees are a really good fit for him and how much he enjoys playing here. It's just a matter of the Yankees paying him. More years, more money. Because, of course, as we expected, and we'll be expanding upon this more in Yankees news after the poll, but as expected, he did decline the $18.9 million qualifying offer, which, as I said on social media and here on this podcast many times, I completely expected him to do, and I completely anticipated on him hitting free agency and wanting to negotiate for more years and more money. And we all know how important it is that he returns to the Yankees for the Yankee team. And despite me always getting anxious reading all of the those articles about him going elsewhere, as I said before, I am still confident that he returns to the Yankees, and the Yankees better not let him slip through their fingers. They better not. So, after giving you, again, my extended take, which I tend to do every single week, (laughs) I tend to spend quite a bit of time giving my opinion, but those are my thoughts on it. So again, the question, are you still confident at this point in time that DJ returns to the Yankees, or are you getting more nervous? And here on Twitter, we got tons of votes for this poll, so a healthy sample size. We got over 3,100 votes, 3,116 votes to be exact for this week here on Twitter. Thank you all so much for voting. That is just an awesome number. So again, a healthy sample size. And these results may surprise you a bit. They're pretty close. And when I say pretty close, I mean very close. Of all of those votes that came in, it seems that since DJ still is not re-signed here on November 15th, which granted not too much time in the offseason has passed, but I guess a lot of people expected a deal to get done by now, and they may not like all of the discussion about the Yankees considering other infielders like Lindor or Andrelton Simmons, or all of the talk about the Yankees really being determined to cut payroll for next season, and factors like that may be getting them a little bit nervous, more and more nervous as time continues to pass, and the Yankees have not signed DJ yet. And I agree that these things take time. I understand the process, but other people out there might be getting a bit on edge now. And I think this poll speaks to that because of the two choices, the first choice, of course, being that you are confident that DJ returns to the Yankees, and the second choice being that you are getting nervous. And of all of those votes that came in, 52% still voted that they're confident. So the majority of this poll still does say, again, that they are confident that DJ will return. But... As I said, the results are much closer than you may have thought they would be. At least, they're closer than I thought they would be. Because then the remaining 48% said that they're getting nervous. So that's a lot of people. And again, I think this is a pretty good sample size. Pretty damn decent. 
and 48%, the remaining 48% of the total over 3,000 people that voted are starting to get nervous about DJ coming back to the Yankees. They think, hey, it's a possibility that it might not happen. And of course, that's always a little bit of a possibility because anything can happen in free agency. I'm not denying that. But I expected more of a percentage to just say, yeah, I'm still confident. But you know what? Here on November 15th, people are starting to get a little nervous. So even though the I'm confident choice was victorious, it was a pretty small margin. So let's get into those replies and hear what you guys are thinking. Let's hear what's on your minds. I'll get through as many as I can. First up here on Twitter is at BlackRebirth52, my good friend James Celestin. And James says, I'm somewhat concerned only because I feel like the Yankees are going to be stubborn in the amount of years they want to give DJ. Well, yeah, I'd probably give him three or four years. That seems to be the general consensus. And since he's 32 years old, I think that'd be pretty fair, three or four years or so. And depending on the money that comes with it, I think that's something that DJ would accept, but we have to wait and see what happens. At BobbyTat631 says, I didn't expect him to sign right away or even take the qualifying offer. I'll start feeling nervous if players start coming off the board. With the owners losing money this year, it's going to be a slow, painful offseason for the fans. Absolutely. This offseason is already as different as any we've ever seen as I already said it would be early on. And the financial aftermath that the pandemic had on the sport definitely has the owners being more careful since they have claimed to have lost a lot of money. So yes, of course, it is a very different offseason, unlike that of any we've ever seen. And yeah, of course, I didn't expect the signing to happen right away, and I also anticipated that he would decline the qualifying offer. So I basically agree with everything you said all around, Bobby. As much as I would have liked for the re-signing to happen right away, I realistically didn't expect it to. At Peace Now for Life says, Honestly, I'm getting a little nervous. I thought DJ would have been re-signed by now. Hoping more is taking place that we don't know about and a deal will be announced soon. Well, yeah, basically I think right now the Yankees are just taking their time to weigh their financial options from other options outside of the organization, from Lindor to Angelton Simmons perhaps. They're probably talking to Tanaka or if they want to bring him back, maybe Paxton on how much money it would cost to bring them back. And they're probably just weighing their options right now. And probably with DJ too. They've probably been in contact with him seeing what he would want and what they're willing to work with based on how they are weighing their financial options. So there's probably a lot of wheels turning behind the scenes right now that we don't know about, as you said. I'm sure that's the case, and I'm sure that they're just taking their time to weigh their options. But as I said before, I can't blame anybody for getting nervous. There's just so much financial talk and how much the Yankees want to cut payroll, and if DJ wants too much, then they might let him slip away. There's a lot of that discussion out there, and that could make people anxious for sure. Up next is at Darren Rosinger1, and he says, If people aren't confident DJ is coming back, then they should really drop their fanhood because they clearly don't know how this process works. Just facts. Well, (laughs) these times are very unordinary, and some people... They're a little nervous because they hear about how the Yankees want to cut payroll and how they're looking at other options and weighing their financial options here. And that might have some people on edge. And considering this offseason is unlike any other, these are unprecedented times. I really don't think anyone should drop their fanhood because of it. (laughs) These times are more uncertain than any we've seen in quite a while. So that might be a little much. But yes, absolutely. The one thing that does remain consistent in free agency and weighing financial options and talking to guys and negotiating, these things take time. And depending on the negotiations, especially in unprecedented times like these, it might take longer than it normally does in prior years. So yes, it's a process and we'll just have to wait and see. 
At Yankees, Lauren says, I'm concerned about him getting what he frankly deserves and what the Yankees will end up actually offering him. Well, yeah, after everything that DJ's done for the team, he quite frankly deserves the world. But the Yanks, of course, are going to try to remain reasonable because of their quote-unquote financial struggles, so they say. And if they don't match up together and negotiations don't go well and they can't really get on the same page, then of course we know what happens at that point. But yeah, I think it's a reasonable concern to be worried about what the Yankees might actually end up offering him. These are tricky times. They really are. Tricky and oftentimes unpredictable. At NYYFanForever96 says, I'm getting nervous. Well, hopefully they bring him back and they ease your nerves. Lord knows what I'm praying they bring him back. At the Poetical says, I mean, the fact that he remains unsigned to this point tells you already what you need to know. It would have been a done deal from the jump instead of all of this drag out situation. I don't really agree with that. As I said a few replies ago and throughout even more replies before and after. I just think the Yankees are spending their time doing what many other organizations are doing. Weighing their options, looking elsewhere, and weighing their options externally for players outside of the organization. Negotiating with their other guys who have hit free agency this offseason. And negotiating with DJ himself. And sometimes these things take time. Now, of course, at the end of it, it better be that DJ is coming back. <laughs> it better be. But as far as why it's taking more time, it's just the negotiations process. And I understand that some negotiations last longer than others, especially in a strange year like this one. So yeah, I don't think it tells you all you need to know as of now. It's still a bit early. But I get one and back here right away, selfishly. I do too. And I pray that at the end of all this, it does result in him coming back. At Laker 477 says, yes, I'm getting nervous, but I will not panic. I can't imagine Cashman not getting him signed. I honestly can't either. You'd be nuts to let him go. You really would. You would be insane. At Tenacious 5 is next, and he says, not nervous, just not so confident. Think he'll return, but who knows? Yeah, that's right, who does know? Especially in these times. <laughs> Everything's so unpredictable, and that's what has people so nervous a lot of the time. Because who does know? People fear what they don't know. At RGR underscore 69 says, Unfortunately, I'm losing confidence in the somewhat new regime, especially with Cashman still in charge. Miss the boss. Well, I've gone into all the discussion on George Steinbrenner in recent past episodes, so go listen back. I don't remember exactly which one, but go listen back to the past Yapping Yankees episodes. I've definitely touched upon that topic, so I don't really want to get into that all over again. I could do a whole episode on George Steinbrenner alone, so I'll just leave that for another day if I ever get around to it. But I've discussed him in the past. But as far as new regime, I mean, Cashman's not new. He's been around for decades. <laughs> so I don't know about new regime in that regard. And Hal Steinbrenner's been the owner since his father passed away 10 years ago. So as far as Hal and Cashman are concerned, they're not really a new regime. Maybe some people under them, but I think the chunk of decision-making is coming from Hal and Cashman. But I know there are people out there that don't have much faith in Cashman either. I think Cashman has had his flaws as general manager, as everyone does, and I think he's done his very good things too. But what he does with DJ here, I think is going to be a very defining factor. I think him getting DJ in the first place was one of those great things he did. But whether he lets him go here or not based on money, especially when they're the Yankees, yeah, this could be pretty defining in his career as a GM. DJ's a big deal. That can't be overstated enough. At Brian underscore TGP says, it was never going to happen this quickly anyway. Plus, I truly believe that DJ is going to give the Yankees every chance to re-sign him, so why hurry? Check out the cost of Lindor and weigh your options. With any expensive decision, you should take your time. I think that's very logical. Yeah, that's a very reasonable response. And yes, even though, as I said, 
admittedly so, selfishly, of course, every single one of us would want DJ resigned right away. I'm not denying that. But yeah, logically, you expect the negotiations process to take its course. And as I've said, some of them are longer than others. And especially in an offseason like this one, where owners are balancing their budget even more, it might take even longer than in past years. But yes, a lot of what you mentioned is already what I have mentioned, and I think it's very reasonable and fair. They could very well be evaluating the costs of Lindor, or maybe an Andrelton Simmons. They're probably negotiating with Tanaka, maybe Paxton. I'm not so sure about that one. Probably not, if I had to say, but they're probably negotiating with Tanaka. They're probably negotiating with DJ himself, too. And they're taking their time to weigh their options in an unprecedented offseason. So your reply, yeah, it was very, very reasonable. And yes, I definitely think that DJ will give them every chance to resign, especially because he's talked about how much he loves it here. So it seems like the ball is in the Yankees' court, and the Yankees right now are probably, as you say, and as I've said too, are weighing their options. And that's perfectly reasonable. That's what happens with negotiations, again, especially in an offseason like this one. But yeah, all the while, <laughs> the fans continue to get more and more nervous the more the time passes, of course. That's just natural. At Ethan Tyndall says, I feel like the Yankees might decide to not sign him for quote-unquote money reasons, and that would be such a huge mistake. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's hard to disagree. <laughs> that would definitely be a big mistake. At Laura underscore Icemon says, I'm confident he wants to be back, so I can't imagine Cashman not signing him. Yeah, I can't imagine it either. Even through all the thoughts and the possibilities and the scenarios that are in my head and in everybody else's head and all the factors that exist throughout this whole thing, at the end of the day, as we've said, especially given the fact of how much DJ has said that he loves it here, I mean, I always just end up coming around to, yeah, I just can't imagine Cashman letting him go. So yeah, I agree. I think that's how it's going to end up in the end. Now let's just pray we're right. My friend at Julian Guillarte one and Julian says, Confident, it seems to be the Yankees' top priority this offseason. Well, yeah, it definitely is in my book. I've said that since day one before the offseason even came around. But yeah, there's been plenty of discussion on it, and I too think it's their top priority, as it should be. At Michael Eddie 6 says, Confident, but always nervous until the deal gets done. Hoping some other team doesn't drive the price up past where the Yankees are willing to go. This should have been done already. Well, again, like I've said to past ones that say it should have been done already, I mean, you got to understand that some negotiations take longer than others, especially in these times. And I'm not so sure this year that I view the timing as much of an indicator. It's more of all the other factors involved that I already mentioned. But yeah, obviously, I hope that no other team drives the price or the years or both up higher than the Yankees, because then, of course, it's always possible that he does go elsewhere. At Dove NYY fan says, I have no faith in Cashman. Hmm. All right, then. <laughs> I know, just a lot of the Yankee fan base sometimes just doesn't have faith in him to get it done. And yeah, I know Cashman has made his mistakes as a GM, no doubt about that. But he's also done some very good things, and I try to latch onto that, partially so I could keep my sanity. <laughs> Alright, up next is Tom Paroli, and Tom says, I'm nervous. I'm afraid they're going to try and shortchange him, and someone else is going to make a better offer. Well, yeah, that's very similar to what Michael Eddy Six said a couple of replies ago. But if another team is to fiercely compete with the Yankees for him, we'll see just how far the Yankees are willing to go, right? Up next is at Robertino53, and he says, I said he will take his money elsewhere. Oh, God, I hope you're wrong. No offense, of course, <laughs> but I hope you're wrong. All right, let's do a couple more before we move on to Instagram and see what the Instagrammers had to say about this question. Up next is at JerseyMike711, and he says he wants to come back. If the Yankees lose him, it's on them. Yeah, that's true. DJ has said many times how much he loves it here and how great of a fit he views the Yankees as. So yeah, that's fair. The ball is pretty much in the Yankees' court, as I said before. At JesseBanda7 says, don't care. If he leaves, there will be plenty of free agents. Well, yeah, there are going to be plenty of free agents on the market, but I just really don't know how anybody could say they don't care if DJ leaves. How do you not care after everything he's done? <laughs> 
I really just don't understand that. All right, let's finish off with at long, long handle. And he says he's the right guy for the role and he knows it. Even Hal knows it. Clear win-win to keep him, and they're just bashing out dollars and years. Absolutely a win-win. Goes without saying. Completely agree. And yeah, they're probably in communication with him, with just dollars and years, his worth. And DJ himself was probably just testing the market too, as any free agent should. But as far as Twitter is concerned, that is all for the replies on there. Thank you each and every one of you who replied on there. Again, as I always am, I'm sorry for those who I didn't get to, but just keep on replying. You know the drill. I'll get to you eventually. Twitter's tough. Got a lot of interaction on Twitter. But let's head on to Instagram to see what everybody had to say on there to the very same question, which again was, are you still confident DJ returns to the Yankees or are you getting more nervous? Same two choices for voting, of course, as there were on Twitter. First choice being, I am confident that he'll return. And the second choice being that you're getting nervous. And get this. Percentage-wise, the same exact results played out as on Twitter, and even the same choice won by the same percentage. The choice of I'm confident won with 52% of the vote, with the remaining 48% saying that they are getting nervous. Same exact results as Twitter. As John Sterling would say, how do you like that? (laughs) So, the same results on both platforms. On both. 52% of you are confident and 48% are getting nervous. I don't think that's ever happened before. That's wild. So let's read a few of the replies here on Instagram before we move on to Yankees news. First up is Sayesh9214. And Sayesh says, I don't expect him to be back and I'm okay with him going. Yeah, I just... (laughs) I really don't know how you could say that. I really, really don't. It was like the same reply as that person on Twitter that said, ah, let him leave. How do you think like that after everything he's done? (laughs) How do you think like that? But okay, fair enough. Up next, we have my friend Tina at MountainGal456. And Tina says, I'm getting nervous because the media makes me nervous and social media too with the different scenarios that they come up with. And like this year, nothing goes right. But hoping all these rumors are done away with soon and DJ signs, but we'll see. Hey, as I said before, Tina, I totally agree with that. Still, regardless of how confident I am that DJ will return as a Yankee, and as you guys know, I am confident, but regardless of my confidence on the matter, I definitely did admit before myself that seeing that stuff on social media is definitely a key to my anxiety. (laughs) It definitely is. Whether it be the main media or social media, absolutely. They get you thinking sometimes and they get you in your own head. But absolutely, hopefully all that stuff is done away with and for once 2020 does something right and has DJ return to the Yankees and all of those rumors could just vanish right into the wind. Wouldn't that be beautiful? All right. Up next is my amazing girlfriend at Vic Salimo. And Vic says they would be stupid not to keep him, period. And Vic loves DJ LeMahieu. So Yankees, for your sake, as far as Vic is concerned, I would re-sign him. (laughs) Trust me, I'm her boyfriend. I've seen her during Yankee games and DJ is her favorite player. So for your sakes, you better re-sign him. All right, last but not least, as always, is my mom, Julia Gina Scudero, and my mom says, of course he is. Did I miss something? He was the best. If this organization even gave a thought to letting him walk, they truly are crazy. He'll be back. Yep, they would be crazy. (laughs) They definitely would be. Well, as far as I'm concerned. But no, you didn't miss anything, Mom. You were right there alongside the rest of us to see just how much he did for this Yankee team and just how vital it is to make sure that he does not walk away from the Yankees this offseason. So yes, I love the confidence. I'm sure he'll be back and he better be back. Otherwise, you're right. They are crazy. But of course, at the end of the day, and they've made this more than clear, it's all, of course, about the green stuff, the money. 
because that's all anybody cares about. But let's keep the faith going forward that DJ will come back. In the meantime, though, I want to thank you guys so, so much for taking the time to join in on the fun with this week's Yapping Yankees poll. Thank you for voting. Thank you for replying. I love hearing what's on your guys' mind with each subject I throw at you every week, guys. And if I didn't get to you, keep on replying every week. I will get to you eventually, I promise. But great replies this week, as always. Now, last but not least, let's finish off the show with some Yankees news. First up in Yankees news today, we had the announcement six days ago last Monday about the reconstruction of the minor league system for the Yankees as part of this whole reconstruction that Major League Baseball and many, many teams all throughout the game are doing because of, so they all say, the financial impact that the pandemic had on the sport. And the Yankees took part in reconstructing their minor league system this past week as well. You got some new teams at certain levels, and you've already got some of the teams that were already there switching levels. You got some affiliates that have been with the Yankees for years and years that are no longer affiliates now, which is highly unfortunate for those communities. But this is what's going on, guys. So first off, I'll tell you how the Yankees minor league system has been reconstructed as of this past week, and then I'll read you a statement from the Staten Island Yankees, one of the two affiliates that will no longer be a part of the Yankees minor league system. The other affiliate not being a part of the Yankees minor league system any longer, of course, being the formerly double-A Trenton Thunder. Now, the only thing remaining the same is the Yankees triple-A team, the Scranton-Wilkes-Barre Rail Riders. That'll remain the same. But instead of the double-A Trenton now, at double-A will be the Somerset Patriots, they're replacing the Thunder. At high class A, replacing the former Tampa Tarpons are now the Hudson Valley Renegades. That's high class A. And now in low class A, moving down a level, are the Tampa Tarpons, and they're replacing the Charleston River Dogs. So the Tarpons moved down a level, while the Hudson Valley Renegades took their previous position in high class A ball. And therefore, the Tarpons have now moved to low class A ball. And in the rookie level, you got the Gulf Coast League Yankees and Dominican Summer League Yankees. So from top to bottom, from AAA, to rookie level, you got again the Rail Riders, the Somerset Patriots, the Hudson Valley Renegades, the Tampa Tarpons, and the Gulf Coast League Yankees and Dominican Summer League Yankees. The future of the Trenton Thunder and the Staten Island Yankees are unknown as of now, but the River Dogs, the Charleston River Dogs, are expected to land an affiliation with another organization in Major League Baseball. And the Hudson Valley Renegades joined the Yankees after they had been a Tampa Bay Rays affiliate as a short season team since 1996. And again, Hudson Valley are the ones that replaced the Tampa Tarpons in high-class A ball. And the Yankees' two affiliates in the Gulf Coast League will now be down to one starting next year. And also, as I said before, Trenton and Staten Island. At this moment, nobody really knows what their future holds, but they have been offered spots in the Atlantic League, but nothing has been confirmed as of yet. And as far as Staten Island and Trenton specifically, a lot of people are up in arms about this. There's a lot of details over this, a lot of history between the Yankees and these two affiliates, which makes it even more unfortunate. But baseball and the Yankees themselves were determined to do this. Part of their great reconstruction plan as a result of the pandemic. For Trenton, it really stinks because they were assured that they would remain the AA affiliate over the last almost year and a half. They were constantly reassured. It seemed certain that they weren't going anywhere, but of course, that has now changed. And of course, for the Trenton locals, for those who attended Thunder games frequently, obviously not having them there anymore is going to sting. And for those local watchers that love to watch those local games with the minor league affiliates of the major league teams, those are the people that really get frustrated when things like this happen, and understandably so. 
They have every right to be upset by it if they've invested money into the Thunder. They love watching local baseball, and I've seen a lot of people on social media that are very upset about this. The same thing with the Staten Island Yankees, who actually released a statement based on what happened with this whole thing. And I'm going to read you their whole statement because there's a lot to it, a lot to unpack. So let me get right to that statement. Here we go. So the Staten Island Yankees released this. Everything I'm about to tell you is word for word from the statement that they released about the New York Yankees' departure from them. All right, here we go. For 22 years, the Staten Island Yankees have developed talent for the New York Yankees and provided affordable family entertainment for our Staten Island fans. On Saturday, the Staten Island Yankees learned that the team will not be offered a New York Yankees minor league affiliation moving forward. It appears that our fans will be unable to see future Yankee stars play in our borough. Major League Baseball is making sweeping changes to the player development structure of professional baseball. Fewer teams will exist in the new system. We hope to be a part of this new system, but the Yankees chose to align with the Hudson Valley Renegades, located in Fishkill, New York, to host their Class A advanced team. The Staten Island Yankees made every effort to accommodate Major League Baseball and New York Yankees requirements, including securing a commitment from New York City for ballpark upgrades. However, Major League Baseball and the Yankees chose not to engage in any discussions with us. We were unaware of the final decision and learned about it by reading the statement on Yankee social media. 2020 continues to be a difficult year for our community. The Staten Island Yankees and its employees have felt the effects. While our season at Richmond County Bank Ballpark at St. George was canceled due to the pandemic, we looked ahead to a brighter future. After careful consideration of locations in New York City, our ballpark was approved by the New York Yankees and built in St. George, Staten Island by the City of New York. It was planned and agreed to in 1999 for the express purpose of hosting New York Yankees professional minor league baseball. We are shocked at the developments from this past weekend, and we believe what has happened to our organization is unacceptable. The Staten Island Yankees will evaluate all of its alternatives and make choices based on what is best for the community. Well, (laughs) so that is the statement from the Staten Island Yankees. Now, the first thing and basically the big thing that jumped out to me when I first read this was the fact that they were unaware of the final decision and learned about it by reading the statement on the Yankees' social media. Now, if that is in fact true, because I've only seen one article so far denying that claim from Yankees officials that do claim that the Yankees did let them know of the decision before posting it on social media. But otherwise, unless Staten Island is truly lying, it seems like a lot of news outlets have reported what Staten Island has said and haven't really said otherwise. So I guess believe who you want, but... If this is true that the Yankees did not let them know before posting it on social media and having that be the way that they found out about it, then that is totally classless. And I went after them for that on social media early in the week because if that is true, then that's just a disgrace. You've got to let your affiliates know if something this major is taking place. But as that one article also that I did read states, some officials are claiming that the Yankees did tell them prior to posting it on social media, and a lot of other outlets are saying that they didn't, and they're still sticking to the Staten Island Yankee statement. So yes, between the reassurances to the Trenton Thunder that they would remain an affiliate for the Yankees in the minor leagues, and the statement that I just read you from the Staten Island Yankees that you just heard, there's lots of frustration on the affiliates' behalf, and they have a right to be frustrated. Major League Baseball, the Yankees, and all other teams around are taking part in this reconstruction because of the claims by the league of how much money they lost in this pandemic season. And for those local communities who are losing these affiliates as a way to see the potential major league talent of the future, and for the affiliates themselves financially, yeah, 
This really, really sucks for them. It really, really does, and I feel for them. But as I said with the DJ stuff before, same thing applies here. All anybody cares about is money, and Major League Baseball has made that very clear all throughout the past. And if Major League Baseball wants to do this, and they're forcing their teams to reconstruct like this, well, there's going to be nothing that anybody can do about it. And I feel for those people in those local communities, and I feel for these affiliates. This world is unfair, man. It's unfair. These are people in these local communities that support these teams. And within the affiliates' organizations, these are people with jobs, a livelihood. And I do hope that those local communities find other means of entertainment when it comes to baseball. And of course, I hope those affiliates find success elsewhere too, because they deserve to. So, just like they felt the effects of when their minor league seasons were canceled because of this pandemic season, now, some of these affiliates and the local communities that they're involved in... They're going to be feeling the sting long term as these major league organizations depart from them. And as you can well hear from the Staten Island Yankees, and you have to assume that all the other affiliates being left behind are feeling the same way, they are really upset. So best of luck to those affiliates that are no longer a part of the structure, regardless of which organization they belong to, but specifically with the Yankees, with the Staten Island Yankees and the Trenton Thunder. And I hope those in the local communities who love to take in some minor league baseball find other means in which to do so, because it is still important that they contribute to the local communities financially. So that's the deal with the minor league affiliates, guys, with the Staten Island Yankees and the Trenton Thunder. And we shall see what the future holds for them as far as future affiliations. But, finally, here on episode 72, we got some DJ LeMayhew discussion based on what he did with his qualifying offer of $18.9 million, and also the American League MVP race, which the results were announced for, as we know, this past week, since DJ was an American League MVP finalist. First up, the qualifying offer, which was first mentioned a couple of episodes ago. It was two Sundays ago to the day, right at the deadline to offer a qualifying offer to a player that the Yankees offered DJ LeMayhew the $18.9 million qualifying offer. He had 10 days to respond. And on that 10th day this past week, on Wednesday, he did respond to the Yankees and declined the qualifying offer as I and most people, if not everybody, fully expected him to do. I completely expected him to hit free agency and negotiate with the Yankees and possibly even other organizations for more years and more money the way he really deserves. Because come on, DJ knows what he's done for the Yankees the last couple of years. He knows his worth, and he knows he deserves more years, and he's going to try to get more money. Now, as far as what I would offer him, I'm sticking to what I said before, three, four years, 70, 80 million dollars. At age 32, I think that's perfect. And of course, because of everything he's done for the organization and the value he has, I'd be willing to move a little bit upward of that if he asked. That's all a part of negotiations. You sit down, you talk, you give your price, the other guy gives his price, and hopefully you meet somewhere in the middle or one side agrees with the other, and then you figure it out and you sign a contract. And that is fully the path that I expected DJ to take. It's not rocket science. You had to know that DJ was going to elect for free agency and try to negotiate for more because he knows he's worth more. He is highly valuable. His value is through the roof. And the Yankees are trying to cut payroll. They're weighing potential options outside the organization, like a couple of names I mentioned before potentially Francisco Lindor or Andrelton Simmons. You assume they're negotiating to try to bring other guys back from the Yankees that have hit free agency this offseason, like a Masahiro Tanaka, potentially like a James Paxton. And of course, you got DJ to consider too, now that he's elected for free agency to negotiate for more years and or more money. So the Yankees have factors to consider as we've spoken about a lot throughout this show. And I hope... 
at the end of the day, it better happen, I hope, that it results in them bringing DJ back. And despite them being extremely determined to cut payroll, I hope they use the money in the areas that could truly use improvements and with players that need to come back, like DJ. Let's just pray that they aren't too cheap to the point where they would, God forbid, God forbid, let DJ slip through their fingers. So we'll see how long it takes from here, guys. This is free agency in this never-before-seen, unbelievably strange offseason. And anything goes. Anything goes. And selfishly for all of us, I hope we do not have to hear those words for much longer. Those words being DJ LeMayhew is still a free agent. I want him on this team with the New York Yankees where he belongs. I understand the process. I know it could take a while, but get him back here, Yankees. Get DJ LeMayhew back in a Yankee uniform. That's basically all I have to say about that. But that is the news on him regarding his qualifying offer. He did decline it and elect for free agency. And we'll see where negotiations go, or don't go, from here. Let's hope they go, and that they go well. <laughs> Alright, and the last thing regarding DJ, as I mentioned before, was the MVP race for the American League. You know from last week that he was competing against two Jose's, Jose Abreu of the White Sox and Jose Ramirez of the Indians. And if you heard what I said last week, I predicted that although DJ led him in multiple categories, him meaning Abreu, the favorite to win the MVP, and I named all of or most of the main offensive categories, DJ led in some of them. Go listen back to last week's episode if you missed that. But also on last week's episode, despite DJ winning in certain categories, I did predict that Jose Abreu would end up winning the MVP and that I just felt like the writers were going to look at home runs and RBIs, which he led in, and also his really high slugging percentage. And also because of the fact, and let's be honest here, in a few awards races throughout the last couple of years, most of the time, the Writers Association of America has not been too kind to Yankee candidates. We've named the examples where that's happened in the past. But I did predict that Jose Abreu would win the MVP. Of course, as we know from this past week, he would go on to win it. So congratulations to Jose Abreu. Regardless of how you feel with this, whether you're a fan of Abreu or if you predicted him to win or both, or you thought DJ was robbed or what have you, there is one thing you could say between the two, and that is that both DJ and Abreu had fantastic seasons. They both did. You can't discount either of them. Both Abreu and DJ had fantastic seasons, and in the end, they were both deserving of the award, if you ask me. They both had great seasons. And again, although Abreu did play all 60 games, and DJ did lead in average on-base percentage, OPS, I don't know why, just something in me, and I said so last week. Go listen back to last week if you don't believe me. I discussed everything about the MVP race last week, and last week, I just said because something said in me that Abreu was gonna win. Now, the one thing I don't agree with from the way the Baseball Writers Association of America did vote is the fact that DJ only received one first place vote. I mean, I would think DJ would get more love than just one vote. And the one vote was from Brian Hoke, who covers the Yankees. So even though I didn't expect DJ to win, I expected him to get more than one first place vote. That I don't agree with. DJ should have gotten a bit more love than that. I may not have a problem with Abreu winning, but I have a problem with DJ getting one first place vote. 
I do think that he deserved to get more love than that in the vote. But this is not nearly the first time I've disagreed with the Writers Association of America, and I promise you, it won't be the last. So, again, despite me not being surprised at Abreu winning, and I'm very happy for him, congratulations to him, he definitely deserved it, I do not agree with DJ only getting one first place vote. I don't agree with that. But I do, of course, also congratulate DJ for being an MVP finalist in the first place, because that's awesome, too. It stinks that he didn't win, but being a finalist is pretty cool, too. I just wish he would have gotten more first place votes. But award season continues on. More winners have been announced as far as the Cy Youngs, the Managers of the Year, the Rookies of the Year, the MVPs now, and that will continue, as will, of course, the Major League Baseball offseason going forward. And I'm excited to see what this next week has in store until I talk to you next Sunday. But as for now, that is all for episode 72 of Yapping Yankees today. Let's give one last shout out to Grunt Talks MLB and Ball 9. Ball 9 brings you some of the best baseball content out there. Baseball stories old and new, articles, roundtable discussions, suggested baseball podcasts like Yapping Yankees, and more. Visit Ball 9's website, ball9.com, and follow them on all social medias at Ball 9. And know what you don't know. And the other shout-out, of course, goes to Grunt Talks MLB. Visit their website, grunttalksmlb.com, to see all of their baseball content and, of course, where they feature Yapping Yankees. Also follow the mastermind behind that website, Darren on Twitter, at YankeeReport28, and follow them on all social media at GruntTalksMLB. Special thanks to Grunt Talks MLB and Ball9 for helping spread the word every week about Yapping Yankees. And also be sure to follow me on all social medias, guys, so you can keep up on the latest having to do with me personally, along with the Yankees and Yapping Yankees announcements, content, and Twitter and Instagram social media segments every Saturday. Follow my Facebook fan page, at Mike Scudero NY. Follow me on Twitter, at Mike Scudero, and on Instagram, at Mike Scuds. 97. And I would also really appreciate it, guys, if you took the time, just two seconds, to hit that subscribe button on the Yapping Yankees YouTube channel, and also subscribe and always listen to Yapping Yankees on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And while you're at it, listen to the past episodes that you've missed. Episodes 34 up to episode 72 today are available on YouTube, and all Yapping Yankees episodes, including today's, are available on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Yapping Yankees is available on all four of those platforms, so do help spread the word, guys, and tell everyone you know to listen to Yapping Yankees. Once again, thank you 3000 for listening to me yap today. I am Mike Scudero, and I'll talk to you next Sunday, November 22nd, when I come at you with episode 73 of Yapping Yankees. Until then, guys, you know the deal. Hang in there, be patient, please stay safe, and always look out for your loved ones. And as for the Yankees, sign DJ back. (laughs) Have a good week, guys. Take care. (laughs) 